it was just such a holy moment for me, just because I felt everything the Lord had done come together in that moment. And for somebody who's a very deep feeler and like feels everything, I could not have asked for anything different or anybody else to be there because my heart knows him as a father figure and knows him as somebody who has been like a physical provider, whether it's money or jobs or food or anything, but then also tended and cared for my heart. God is a father to the fatherless. 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 Hi, moms, and welcome to the Help I'm Raising Fatherless Kids podcast. I'm your host, Lori Apon. And today we're concluding a mini series where I've been talking with my four daughters who have shared their anticipation of their wedding day their love stories, and even who walked them down the aisle. And I'm excited to have my daughter, Christiana, with us today. I decided to save her story for last, even though she's not my youngest daughter. She's the one who had the most recent wedding. So Christiana, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. And I am really honored to have Carrie and Adam Robertson. They're a couple that God brought into Christiana's life at a very, very pivotal time. So Carrie and Adam, thank you for joining us today. It's our joy. Thank you, Lori. Yeah, we're honored to be here. We've been making our way through my daughters who walked down their wedding aisle without a dad. So we're just talking about the big question that a lot of girls have when they don't have a dad. And a lot of moms anticipate this as much as the girls do. And that's who will walk me down the aisle And so, Christiana, before we get into hearing your story, how old were you when your daddy died? I was six years old when my dad passed away. I would have turned seven the following October. Okay, and it's been 23 years Mm -hmm. since that day. But, Christiana, tell us, did you anticipate your wedding day when you were a little girl? Was this a... Um, a fear of yours or something that you considered or did you not even think about your wedding day until you got older so for me the anticipation as far as I remember didn't really begin until older years I think this was just I probably pushed it out of my mind due to it not being very close to happening when I was that little um so I don't really remember anticipating my wedding or thinking about who would walk me down the aisle really until end of high school and beginning of college and then that's probably when I started thinking of it more just as friends started getting married and I watched them have that time with their father and me just curious as to who would fill that role for me and were the emotions um heavy or just like you say a curiosity like well I don't have a dad and who is going to walk me down the aisle I think it was both a curiosity of what that would look like? Would it be one of my brothers, as some of my sisters did? Would it be at one point it was going to be my track coach, as he was the the strong father figure all throughout college? So it was interesting seeing it go in different seasons. Almost like in college, it would have been my coach. Then, as I didn't get married through college, I started to wonder if it would go back to a brother. But there were definitely times of of sadness from it, of just seeing other people's pictures or wedding videos, which I always loved watching and just wondering if I would feel 
deeply sad during those times. So there were definitely moments of, of sadness and hardness, but um, they were not lengthy. They did not like control anything. It was just more recognizing this is sad and it's okay to be sad and I'm going to feel it regardless of how much I try to process it beforehand. It is going to be sad on the day of. Right. And I think the reason for that, you know, boys and girls are different in their grief and processing father loss. And one thing a girl, correct me if I'm wrong, longs for in a daddy is protection and for him to like, you know, you're going to have to be super special to win my blessing Mm -hmm. for my daughter. And of course, a girl wants to feel like she's her daddy's prized possession and for him to be like the gatekeeper for this potential husband or suitor to have to meet his standards and meet his expectations. And so that's why it is a big thing, I believe. It's not always negative, but it's reality. There's not a daddy there. And so I'm sure 23 years later, there was a lot of processing of that and possibly a lot of surrender to the Lord. Tell us about how you work through that. Yeah, 23 is a long time. And you grow up a lot through that. Your relationship with the Lord changes a lot. And even how you view that big day and that role changes as you mature. and. So I think even for me, as I realized I wasn't going to get married in college or as young as I thought, as deeply as I wanted it, you did have to start to surrender the idea of marriage as a whole and who that's going to be just because you don't know if it's going to come. And so it did take probably a couple years in total of just, Lord, if this doesn't happen, that's okay. And if it does happen, I know that you'll lead me to somebody to walk me down, whether that is a brother, whether that's another man that steps in, which we'll get to share later about was, but you do just have to be completely okay with where the Lord leads it and takes it and just walk with faith that if it's a desire in your heart, he's probably going to fulfill it, even though it might look different than you imagined and just keep, keep moving forward. So one of the best parts of these stories is to first hear how you met your husband, the love story before you started uh, really anticipating walking down that wedding aisle. So tell us, how did you meet the man that you married? So me and Weston actually met in college my freshman year. He was, we had some classes together. So we were in a romance class together. We were in a Evan freshman class together, even though he was a sophomore. And then we met through our, my RA, which is basically my prayer leader on our hall. And I genuinely don't remember our actual meeting point, but I know we met then because then we had moments of random interactions, whether that was at the dining hall or in class. We just interacted a little bit. There was actually one point where I had come back from a missions trip And he asked if I wanted to grab dinner to talk about it, knowing he's missionary kids. So he knew that you're not always given the opportunity to share about your trips afterwards and and actually talk like about your heart and how that was. So it was a very sweet gesture. And he asked if I'd want to go to dinner. And I said that was a little too serious. So I suggested maybe we go rock climbing instead, since we both loved that, be a time to hang out. 
And then, little known to him, I actually ended up bringing my roommate. Oh my. Because (laughs) I still felt like that was a bit too serious. And I just knew my heart was not ready for um, pursuit or relationship. And, but I didn't want to fully turn him down. So I did show up with my roommate who I'm still friends with to this day. And I think at that point, he kind of understood where I was at, where my heart was and knew this isn't really going anywhere at the moment. So that was when we met. And then throughout the years, we still kept interaction, even though it was little, we got to see each other at a friend's wedding three years after college. So we did get to catch up there for just a little bit and see how each other were doing. And then even years after that, during COVID, that was when we reconnected again, but it still didn't go anywhere. I was writing letters to people during COVID just so that my mind could stay engaged with people and I could stay creative. I was painting for people and he asked for a letter. So I wrote him a letter, painted him a picture, And then he wrote me one back. It was super sweet. He sent me a postcard from Turkey, which is where he grew up. So that was his home. And I I remember very distinctly reading that letter and just knowing I still wasn't ready for this. And if I had given him a chance, I knew he would have taken it or thought about it. So we didn't talk still for another year and a half after that letter. Wow. And during that time that was looking back now, those years the Lord used in both of our lives for him to walk through a very hard time after an injury and just everything that comes with that. And for me, just walking through dating other guys and being constantly let down from that and just very strongly questioning if that was something in my future or if I was going to be single because nobody was pursuing, nobody was showing me the Christ likeness or the intent that I had so deeply desired. So we did have both a period of like a year and a half to two years of just kind of going through the valley of the shadow of death, even though that sounds very heightened, but for, for a girl who's 28, 29 years old, watching everyone around her get married and engaged and find the love of their life. And I'm just over here hiking and (laughs) working new jobs. It kind of, it just led me to the feet of the Lord, truly. So it was then a year and a half after that letter during COVID, I put up a post on Instagram about some books I was reading from Andrew Murray. And he commented on it, just, he loves that author. So he'd commented simply, I've got more books from him. If you're interested, let me know. And I, for whatever reason, felt like I wanted to talk to him. So I messaged him on Facebook of just, hey, I'd actually love some more. And so with with that exchange, we exchanged my address and made sure we had each other's phone numbers. He was the one who's like, is this still your phone number from college? And so he then sent me a little package that had two of his books in it, another very sweet letter and a pen, which as romantic as he is, it was the pen that we would use back in Romans class just to take notes with. It was, it just worked really well. He still had the same (laughs) pen. That's cool. Yeah. So he sent that to me and then that 
kind of started as the slow progress through a couple of months of just texting and sending letters back and forth to each other. That was kind of our thing during that time because we were long distance. So he then went to Japan for work and sent me a letter and a pen from Japan. And then when he was back in Virginia, so we just sent letters back and forth. And I realized I started looking forward to those letters and anticipating them which was very interesting for me because I had no desire to do long distance. And I really didn't know him past knowing his character, which in the end was really all I needed. I had gotten to watch his character from afar for 10 years and just knew in my heart, he loved the Lord and he aligned with me in a lot of ways, whether that was our adventure spirit, I'd see him hiking and traveling all over the world, whether that was our love of missions, knowing he was a missionary kid for nine years. And just that piqued my interest of, wow, we communicate really well. I really look forward to talking to him. And we just started texting long, long messages. If you were to see them, they truly look like books. And that led to us eventually talking on the phone. And he asked if he could come out to Colorado just to spend a weekend out here with me. And I knew when he asked me that because For me, actually, the day before he called and asked if he could come out here, I kind of told the Lord that I was done with it because we had been talking for like three months at this point, pretty much every day now, and I didn't see how it would work. I was not going to do long distance. We weren't having a meeting point anytime soon. So I I deleted his text thread, actually, the whole thread. Mm -hmm. I kind of just like pushed it out of my mind of this is just not going anywhere. It's just going to continue being friends. And the very next day was when he called and it's like, hey, I'm off work in two weeks. And I thought I could come spend a weekend with you, (laughs) which for me was the clearest picture of the Mm -hmm. Lord, Mm -hmm. because my one, probably my top prayer was that I wanted a guy who pursued me and I didn't want them to just Mm -hmm. do it relaxed. like do you want to go on a walk or do you just want to go grab dinner? Like I wanted to be pursued hard and fast and very clearly. And so that for me was just so sweet of the Lord because that's what it was. It was him showing me his heart and his intent was to get to know me. And so after that, it kind of went very fast. We started dating that first weekend he came out here. He asked to be my boyfriend and we talked about marriage actually that weekend I just let him know that like I was ready for a husband and I was ready to live life next to somebody and if he was stepping into this relationship I wanted him to know that was my intent and that was my heart was to get to know him on that level so it did go pretty fast I remember we flew and met you mom and I think three of my brothers I forget which how many but two weeks after dating we started meeting family, started flying around to, mm-hmm. to see mm-hmm. everybody. And it was kind of a whirlwind, but both of us felt the most peace we've ever felt with anybody. So it was just very clear that the Lord was directing it and guiding it. And then we got engaged on May 1st. So just four months after dating. Mm-hmm. And then we got married a month and a half later. So that's kind of our story. I love it. I love so many parts about it. Moms and girls, if you've been listening to all the stories, you hear that all my girls met their husbands in their freshman year of college. 
and then to watch how God led these couples to the wedding altar. And for Christiana, she's saying it was 10 years later. And I hear you saying, Christiana, you had walls that had to come down, possibly not only for the man that you were going to marry, but with the Lord. And the Lord brought you to a true place of intimacy. I've watched over 10 years and prayed and cried out to the Lord with you for God to bring you a husband. It was really hard for you and for me as your mom to surrender to the Lord. Are you calling her to a life of singleness, which that wasn't my prayer for you, but trying to be surrendered to what God had for you and then to watch you come to a place of surrender when all your sisters are getting married and all your friends are getting married. No doubt there were many tears shed, but I did watch you stay true to the Lord and worship the Lord in that season. And that was beautiful. And then to see and to hear of Weston's pursuit of you Mm -hmm. and his patience and just God working his story in his life and path of loneliness and path of suffering and waiting. So it's been very exciting. I'm kind of pinching myself and (laughs) that you really are married. I know you're only 12 days into marriage, but you are married. So thank you for sharing your love story. It was beautiful to watch. And I know the love story will only grow and continue. So tell us about your wedding and who walked you down the aisle. Yeah. So for my wedding, as as I grew older, it did start to shift as far as just the whole idea of what we even wanted for a wedding and how we wanted the day to feel. Tell us again, how old were you when you got married? I was 29 years old. Okay. Yeah. So now I had I remember vividly telling people back in high school that I was getting married at 21 years old. There's no way I would be one of those people getting married in my late 20s, but the Lord obviously had other plans. <laughs> and it's just because His timing truly is perfect. Mm-hmm. And when it came to planning our wedding, I did naturally think of who would walk me down the aisle and how I wanted that to look. We had seen my sisters with my brother or other ways of walking down the aisle. And I, as Weston and I started looking at marriage, I knew a hundred percent in my mind um, who was going to walk me down the aisle and that, oh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> it's okay. It's, it's worth, it's worth a few tears. It's beautiful. Yeah. So as I started th- thinking of that day more, I definitely knew. And it started three years ago when I, or really four years ago at this point, when I moved to Colorado. I moved out here with a girlfriend from college and she had known this family's sister in Kentucky from work one summer. And so she told me that we were going to just land there for a week while we signed our apartment lease because we wanted to see it in person. So I was fine with that. I didn't need to meet the family. It was going to be very temporary and I trusted her. So I met them the day I walked into their house out here in Colorado and for me, it was fully temporary. I was going to be there one week. I'm sure it was. <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks max. I had moved to Colorado to be very independent and be on my own, get my own place. And the Lord probably just laughed at that because I eventually ended up living there for three years and grew to love that family. 
and love their kids as my own siblings. I was in the delivery room for two of their kids and just truly lived every moment with them. And with that, they walked me through three very hard years. They were years of asking the Lord what he's doing, multiple job changes, all that comes with singleness and questioning that as an older adult compared to culture. And yet there was this steady person named Adam who was the husband of the family. And he is basically the same person as me mentally, as well as like, we just think the same. We see things on the same wavelength and we just connected so quickly within truly the first month or so. I knew that we were going to be really good friends and he was going to play a vital role in my life. And he did. I worked with him, like actually worked two different jobs with him at his computer. He does computers. So I helped him do all of the inspections and shipping for that. We've done fireworks together for seasons. We've worked out together in their home gym. During COVID, we do yard work together. We help with the kids. We've just lived life together, like as closely as possible for three years. And And all alongside of you being just as close to Carrie, his wife, she was your sister mom, right? She was, she was, became one of my sisters and she became my best friend out here. And really in life, apart from my sister's, and even still is one of my closest friends. We talk all the time, just mm-hmm. truly the clearest God oriented and like laid out picture I've ever seen. You don't just walk into a stranger's home and it, and it work and right. it worked for three years and their kids. I've, I've am in love with their kids. I mm-hmm. love them so much. Mm-hmm. And it was just neat to see the Lord use Adam as a father over those years, whether it was him coaching me on, different things are supporting me, whether it was physically supporting me and giving me jobs or, Mm -hmm. Hey, I filled up your tank today. Or I know you mentioned you wanted to do this hike. So I'd paid your way for it. Random things. They not once did I pay for groceries in their house or pay for utilities or they just welcomed me in so well. And that does me cry as well. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, I remember times of different breakups or dates not going well and me just feeling like nothing was going anywhere and Adam was always the one who would just hold me and let me cry or encourage me of hey I know what you're worth so just keep waiting and it was that father figure I didn't know I needed as late 20 something independent girl who thinks she's got it all figured out the Lord slapped me across the face with that one because I I did need Adam and like a hundred percent needed him and knew that when our wedding came that he was going to be the one to fill that role and just be the present father for me on that day and I got to write him a letter and explain to him what he meant to me and got to ask him to be not not to replace who my dad would have been, but just to be there as that role model on the day. And it was everything I could have dreamed of. I even remember walking down the stairs and just after I was ready on the day of and him turning around and us both just crying because 
the Lord truly has done a work in both of our hearts where Adam sees me as his daughter and he's talked multiple times about how he didn't know he needed a trial run before his little girls grow up (laughs) of just boys and work and life and troubles and even like the greatest joys of of life but he got to do that with me and I remember when the music started for for my song of walking down it was just like uh I don't know you could feel the Lord through Adam just holding you and I got to cling to his arm and just know that I was okay that it was okay my dad wasn't there because the Lord was there and Adam was there and my heart felt so nurtured and cared for and seen in that moment and it was just paired with an even stronger joy of look what the Lord's given you and you're not less than you're not lacking anything you have a father right here next to you and it was for me just a full circle of the Lord giving me everything I had prayed for for years and years and years and every detail of that day was just so perfect and so God-oriented and having him there was just the cherry on the top I could not have asked for anybody different the relationship in and of itself is what just made it so special knowing he truly had seen me and know me in the hardest parts of my life and was there to celebrate the greatest joy. So it was truly something I'll remember and always tell people about because it was, it made my whole wedding day really special. It was such a gift of God. And to watch those three years, this couple pour their lives out for you, but they would say it was also for them <laughs> that God was connecting this whole relationship. He was mm-hmm. orchestrating a beautiful thing. And so moms, again, I'm a little further down the road, most likely I've watched daughters date and meet their husbands and now get married. And I've watched my children experience relationships with other couples that God absolutely in his sovereignty brought into their lives. So it was a trusting, constant trusting that God was good and and releasing. We don't have a dad. I don't have a husband, but right. let's see how God is going to glorify himself and work. And it was so beautiful. So as you're talking, Christiana, I think we're going to have to get Adam to tell his side of the story for this. I would episode. love that. Because just to hear, I think it would be encouraging to hear what that looks like when God nudges the heart of another person to impact and make a difference in the life of a fatherless child and a fatherless young woman. I mean, you were independent and that's a beautiful thing. I often say you're most like your mother (laughs) and independence is a good thing, but it also comes Mm -hmm. with weaknesses and to watch you surrender to, okay, I didn't plan to be here more than a week and literally (laughs) live there. And you let them speak into your life. You let them guide you. You let them care for you Mm -hmm. in a very vulnerable season. So Adam and Carrie, I will cry like Christy cried because it is beautiful how 
how God works and how he, and what a gift he gave us in bringing you into Christiana's life. And of course, for a mom, that's a gift for me as well. So we want to hear your side of the story, because I think that will encourage moms of girls who are at the beginning of the journey. They don't know how God is going to work. And I it will also encourage fatherless girls. So how was God leading you when this strange girl showed up in your home, was going to stay just a few days? And I'm sure she made that very clear. She even said she did. Um how is God moving in your hearts when you realize that it might last a little longer than just a week? Yeah, I, I think um, Adam and I had bought the home, actually, not too far. We bought the home in February, and we, we call Christiana Kiki, so you'll hear us refer to her as Kiki, but she showed up in May, and um, when we bought the home, we really had been praying to the Lord, just, Lord, help us to love on people here help this to be a place where ministry happens, help this to be a place where people can come and feel safe and cared for. Um, and so I think in our minds, we weren't thinking necessarily, oh, people are going to live with us. We were just thinking, <laughs> we'll have some cool cookouts. Um, so truly, you know, um, she moved in with another girl. They were supposed to move out quickly and then things kind of didn't um, work out between the two of them. And so, you know, here Kiki was, we were watching her going through school. And we just both felt impressed by the Lord. Like we cannot leave this girl hanging. Like I know she doesn't want to be here because you're right. <laughs> she made it very clear that she was independent and she had moved out here to do her thing and become an EMT. And, um, but I think we just, I'll never forget. She was here at the kitchen table yep. and, um, she was like, I'm working at Starbucks. She was kind of trying to hold back tears because she had every wall up imaginable when she first moved here. Mm -hmm. And I remember just being like, I'm not even sure I can talk to her, but I just walked in and I said, you know, you can stay here. You don't have to, we're not going to kick you out. Um, no, neither, none we of us. On the same page, yeah, we were, we had been talking about it. Like we can't just leave her hanging with nowhere to go. Like <laughs> I know she doesn't want to be here, but so really we had prayed about it you know, um, not this specific situation, but sometimes the Lord moves in unexpected ways and you just have to be willing to, um, respond with obedience. And so I think that's where we began. Yeah. I had a strong conviction about the things that the Lord had given us holding it with an open hand. And in doing that, um, it was put to the test, um, with, with Kiki and with the girl she moved in with and a couple other scenarios. And it, it, was such a, a, it was hard, but it was also a rewarding and joyful and um, just rich time. Christiane, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember right before she headed out to Colorado, that was scary for me. She had already left and gone away to college and been around the world, lived in Africa and different places like that. But now this was a whole new adventure to Colorado. And I knew that she probably didn't have a lot of resources for this trip. And I I said to you, Christiana, please call home before you live out on the streets. Please let me know before you become homeless. Before you become <laughs> homeless. That came out later anyway. I knew that. Yeah. I do remember so, that. Um, you know, again, moms of adult children sit back and watch and do a lot of praying. And and all I can say, I don't 
I don't know that I was probably involved in a lot of the early days, you know, but I just know she kept staying and staying. And, and so just watching that and, and thanking God the whole time, like, wow, God, you're really intervening, but never had a clue of how much she was intervening. Except I remember one point she called home, she said, Adam is going to teach me all about budgets. Tried. I honestly tried. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, all right. She's in a good place. She's got a couple that can speak into her life in ways that a mom can't. And so this is an answer to prayer. And and it went beyond what I would have ever prayed for. So tell me more about how this impacted your life, this whole experience. Yeah, I would say it had a significant impact on on our family, right? Um, Our family grew. It enlarged. Uh, it included Kiki um, and our kids. You know, a couple of our kids didn't know life without Kiki, and and her care for them and love for them and beautiful pictures. We have amazing pictures yeah, <laughs> of our kids that we aren't good at taking. So it 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 heavily impacted our lives. You know, and there were there were seasons where it was you know there there were valleys you know that we walked with her through and and we prayed, Lord, how, how do we love her best? You know, do we, how would you have us love her best? And mm-hmm. so and I think he gave us wisdom there. Yeah. I'll just say, I think it's neat to love someone from a stranger to family. And I'll mm-hmm. say that's an experience that, that we've never had, you know, a tiny, tiny backstory for me. Uh, my dad is a fatherless kid and um, grew up through many different kinds of abuse in his life. And so he would say the church rescued my life. And so I grew up in a home where once we were a little older, we would take people in from time to time, never three years, but um, from time to time, someone would sleep on our couch, stay for a couple of months before they were in and out of a different place. So I sort of grew up with that, kind of watching that just a little bit, like, hey, here's how we care for someone who's a little down and out or experiencing a hard time. And so I think Adam and I kind of caught that vision of like, you know, my dad would say, you know, people's lives are messy. Ministry is messy. Don't be afraid to get in there and get dirty. So I kind of grew up with that perspective sort of, but then when you have your own family, you know, you kind of have to make that your own part of your faith. And so I think we just both saw the value of what we have isn't ours eternally and that we steward what we have the best we can to honor the Lord and for the sake of the gospel. Mm -hmm. And so I think the experience of wow, we, we loved someone from a stranger until she was like, she could not get rid of us. Like, like I think she probably tried five times. <laughs> um, but I, I think that's so unique. And I think in the church world, um, at least I think in American Christianity, I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of, oh man, we'll be praying for you, you know, and not, I'm please don't hear me diminish prayer, but I think as far as meeting practical needs, Um, It's easy to give someone 20 bucks. It's easy to, you know, drop off a meal. And those are all wonderful things. Um, But I think when it comes to being called to be the church, I think Adam and I were kind of like asking that on a little bit of a deeper level. Like, what does this look like for us to do for one, what we wish we could do for a hundred people and just love that person for the sake of the gospel and with an open hand. So I don't know. I mean, I, the impact. Wow. I don't know. We've gained a sister. We've gained an 
an aunt, we've gained a friend, a best friend. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just so cool to also look back and see how the Lord worked in Kiki's life. I mean, I feel like she's almost a totally different person from when she moved in here to where she is today, not because of us, but just to be able to watch the Lord be faithful to someone is really cool. Yeah. And then to bring it full circle. Yeah. Absolutely. To the point where you're involved in one of the most intimate positions in her, on her wedding day, you know, to be the man who walked her down the aisle. So let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. I, um, you know, just, and I'll probably get a little emotional, but, um, I just, I felt woefully inept, (laughs) you know, standing before me was Kiki in her, you know, just bridal glory and being able to feel like I didn't have the right words to say. Right. But to, to have the honor to walk her down the aisle and to look back and that I've loved her and walked with her through this life that, you know, this is, it was awesome, but also just, I don't know, like I said, I'm still struggling for words, but it was such an amazing honor. Well, it was beautiful. And, and moms, just to know, Christiana didn't meet this couple till she was like 26 years old. So sometimes you might have teenagers or even younger girls or even girls in their early 20s. You're looking for that person that maybe God hasn't even introduced you to them yet. So you're trying to anticipate some things that you're not there yet. You know, and so just to see that um, God was preparing Adam and Carrie, he was preparing Christiana, he knew the perfect timing where they would meet and then how he was going to orchestrate this growth. I've heard both of you say both of you were blessed. I know I was blessed, especially at one point early on, Christiana called and said, Carrie and Adam want to fly you out here. So they so who does that? Their daughter comes and moves in and now they're paying for me to have a flight to come out and visit. It was like, this is too good to be true. And, um, and just to, again, that God was working really together a story for his glory. Because when you get to the wedding day, Christy and I had a few moments we talked about in the morning of just, you can go and visit that scar. You can go and push on the scar. There's supposed to be my husband here. My, her daddy should be here, but that, cloud didn't linger it scooted on out of the way because there was just so much to be happy about so much joy and so much to thank God for and what he was doing so Christiana do you want to say anything I know you've shared your story but while we have all three of you together yeah I was just gonna I mean I did say some of this but it truly for me like you said even like you could have had the cloud of like the bitterness of I wish my earthly dad was here and I wish he could see this and stuff, but it really was just amazing for me to see and truly feel like fully nurtured from the Lord and held and seen on that day of like everybody I could have wanted was there. And then for like my heart, there's some stuff that like other people won't get to know from what me and Adam walked through. And it does make me cry because when he talks about valleys, there was a lot of them. And the Lord did change me in those three years and they got to see it closer than anybody else did. And they walked me through heartache and job loss and COVID and 
feeling like I'm losing my mind during COVID and just like really hard tragedies and things that to me felt very monumental of originally wanting to be very independent and on my own to then, like Carrie said, truly being knit into that family. And so for me, for him to be the one there on the wedding day was, was a full circle of everything I've asked the Lord for and like wept with him and he got to see it all like fully completed in Adam being there. And it was just as if, I don't know, it was just like such a holy moment for me, just because I felt everything the Lord had done come together in that moment. And for somebody who's a very deep feeler and like feels everything, I could not have asked for anything different or anybody else to be there because my heart knows him as a father figure and knows him as somebody who has been like, a physical provider, whether it's like money or jobs or food or anything, but then also like tended and cared for my heart so well through those three years. It was just, I don't know. It was the coolest thing and something I'll always look back on and thank the Lord for bringing together in the end. If I can just really quick tag onto that. I think, you know, from your perspective, Kiki, I know you feel like you received some but I truly cannot explain, and I know even on Adam's behalf, and I'll probably cry too, but the inexplainable joy of watching the Lord work in your heart when you were so closed and in some ways broken, yeah. there is such an unexplainable joy when you love somebody through hard time. I think that's why he's kind of struggling for words because the joy is ours. The honor is ours. What a kindness from the Lord to be able to witness him work in someone else's life and to be even a small part of that. It's, it's very hard to articulate because it's such a deep joy for us. And, you know, I think sometimes it doesn't make sense to the world because they think, money or favors or things or you know Kiki and I always joke because when people don't get it you know it's like oh so she was your nanny or oh so she and we're like nope we just left (laughs) (laughs) but um I I think the struggle for words is that there is you know I I know you feel like you received but we feel like we have gained a treasure that we cherish in this person we call Kiki And I think that that you can never put a price tag on that. You can never, you know, replace that that we've experienced. And so I I think sometimes it's hard to try and put it into words because we're like, I don't know, we didn't really do anything. We just, I mean, you looked here, but it's the joy was ours, you know? Um, So anyway. I, I think one thing that I would add is that I never had a, I never had a perspective that this was a role that I I thought I was capable of filling or that I was filling. It was it was a time of of meeting Kiki where she's at and loving her the best we could in the moment. I remember one call. Um she went on a hike and a silly deer ran in front of her vehicle and totaled this car she had just gotten and 2:30 in the morning she called and, you know, she needed help. She needed to be rescued. And Carrie said, she said, hey, I, I can go. And I was like, no, this is what dads do. And so I went out there and we we got it sorted. But just, you know, 
just having the opportunity to continually meet her where she's at, it's been amazing to kind of look back and just see this beautiful tapestry that the Lord has woven together that was maybe not even intentional, right? And um, it brings great joy. It does. It does. Thank you for sharing all that. And moms, I guess one thing I want to encourage you with is that we want to hold on so tight to what we thought life was going to be. Our husband was going to be here and our children were going to have the dad, the biological dad that they came into this world with. And and then when he's gone, we want to still tend to hold on to that. And I think we just need to be willing to surrender. We have to release. We have to let the Lord bring other people into the lives of our children. And sometimes that's not easy. But when we do, it's beautiful. Like you've just heard this story. And it is kind of like a dance. It's a dance with the Lord. It's a dance with the body of Christ. And when we let go, not that I was in control at all or, or able to hold on to Christiana when she was 29 years old, but in my heart, even through the years, I had to to let her go and, and welcome other people to come in. Of course, you see, we have Carrie and Adam here today. It was a couple. They came in as a couple and God built this relationship with Carrie. And then he built this relationship with Adam that he's even saying, dads, dads do this. Dads get up in the middle of the night and go, you know, and so he was just that vessel that God was using to be a father to the fatherless. And so now we're going to segue into that father-daughter dance and hear how God worked in a beautiful way with what could typically be a difficult thing, but it was amazing. Yeah. We will be posting the dance that you had with your brothers. So right. the typical father-daughter dance, you chose to dance with your brothers. And Amy's already talked about her dance, but tell us about yours because it, it did grow into something unexpected <laughs> at the end. And it was it was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So we did. I knew you have your typical father daughter dance that I did not have a father for that aspect. So I knew I was going to copy what I had seen Amy do and dance with my brothers just as a, as a picture and a testament to even my brothers who have also played a huge role throughout my life of encouraging me pointing me to the Lord, supporting me, giving to me, and just to thank them for that. For me, that was a, a fun thing, a joyful thing to do. It was never a sad thing of, oh, I, I'm going to dance with my brothers because my dad's not here. And I get to dance with my four brothers yeah. and they have just been right by my side just as well. So it started with me and Weston. We had our first dance and then the plan was for him to pass me on to the brothers and that would kind of conclude our dances. And it was just so fun because he passed me on to my brothers. We danced with them. And then the next thing I knew, Ben stepped in first as the brother-in-law. And I was like, oh, this is going to be so fun. I'm going to dance <laughs> with the brother-in-laws. And Ben so, is the one who actually married you. He did. He the, did. He so performed your service. Yeah, he officiated the wedding and me and Ben have also lived so much life together. And so that was just so sweet to dance with them. And you have these little 
20 second interactions with them, you know, of like Ben is telling me it's been 15 years since you lived in our home and in, in after high school and I've gotten to watch you do all of this. And so after him came, I forget what order exactly, but I got to dance with Joey and Nick and Nick was then going to pass me back and off to Weston. And these are uh, other brother-in-laws who have yes. been a part yes. of your life. Yeah. So it was Ben, Joey, and then Nick as the brother-in-laws. And I was thinking in my mind, me and Nick even said, okay, so you'll just pass me back to Weston and we'll finish the dances with that. And my heart was fully not prepared for, and I don't know why this even makes me cry as well, but Nick then passed me off to Adam again. And I think Adam stepped in. I don't think it was a pass off. Adam walked in and said, (laughs) oh yeah, I'm going to be part of the dance too. Yeah. And I don't know. I just felt my heart, like, again, just be held by the Lord of, you really are okay. And I've seen you this whole time. And I, Adam just held me. I was weeping and whoever was behind me didn't see that, but I fully lost it. And got to dance with him and then my new father now of Weston's dad who has fully taken charge and stepped in as I'm going to encourage you as your dad I'm going to be there as your dad and it was just like to dance with all of them so I think it was seven additional dances or something (laughs) but it was such a sweet picture of like the men the Lord has given to me to carry me through life to support me, to encourage me. And even my dad now through Weston's dad, who's known me for five months, so doesn't have much credit to who I am as a person, but he has stepped in and credited years to me as if he's known me my whole life and truly is just such a gift and a blessing. And so to get to dance with all of them was not something every girl does, you know, it's typically just the one and done dance. And I got to have seven dances or however many it was. Absolutely. And even your new, your new brother-in-law, Weston's brother, it was just, I don't think there was a dry eye, especially watching you with Adam. (laughs) But again, just to see, it was almost like God said, let me just put before you a picture of how I work and all the men that I have used to invest in your life and who have no doubt prayed for you and counseled you and given wisdom and been there for you. And it was just a beautiful picture of God and the flesh, how he fathers through other men. So it it was awesome. It was, it was amazing. Yeah. Well, I want to just close. We've been ending these little uh, storytelling segments with just if you have any encouragement for moms who are raising girls without a father, uh, what would that be? And then what would you say to fatherless girls, little girls, or even girls like you who have been waiting for years for God to bring that special man and their husband into their lives? I think for me, just the biggest peace that the Lord, and it's only because the Lord's taught me this over the years, is to just be faithful and waiting. Whether that's you're young and you're just waiting to be 19 years old and the Lord does bring your husband that young, as I've seen with my sisters and many of my friends, just to wait well. And whether that's 
like for me being 29 years old, as I never would have imagined I would have been this old. And it's really not even that old culture just tells you it is. Um, but that did bring years of learning to wait well and asking the Lord what that even looks like. How do you do that? How do you crawl back into his arms time and time again, when you feel whether that's, you don't feel pursued, you feel like you've done something wrong, which I felt many times, or like I missed something somewhere. Like, Mm -hmm. did you give them to me? And I just didn't recognize it. Or what was that? And yet being steady and waiting and trusting, trusting that he is good and that he's faithful if you've seen him be faithful in other areas of your life, this is not going to go against his character. He will be faithful to give you that. He will be faithful and it's in his timing though, which is not our own. It is way above our own timing, above our own thoughts. And even for the moms, I think, because you got to play this role and you did this so well, just pray for them and let them know you're praying. I think you telling me you were praying I'm praying for your husband every day. And I a hundred percent believe you did. That's the thing. And so moms just keep praying for them, pray for your husband, pray for their husband and who it's going to be. And just pray that they walk well, that they're strong and that they're trusting the Lord. That for me, the prayers, my own prayers of just crying out to the Lord and knowing you are praying and knowing other people as well were praying are what carried me through, I think, because you do feel prayers of others and Mm. it does make a difference. So I would just say, keep waiting well, don't give up hope and do not settle. If the Lord has got somebody for you, he is going to bring him in his perfect timing and he will be the perfect guy. You don't have to make it on your own. You don't have to make somebody into who you want. Like the Lord is going to orchestrate it and I have gotten to see that so crystal clear in Weston and even just looking back on our years of singleness and our relationship as a whole. So don't give up and just know the Lord is working. Thank you for that encouragement, for that wisdom and just sharing your story. And ladies and moms and girls, thank you for being a part of this and hearing stories. I believe that Revelation does teach that we defeat the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So we've had some testimonies given by fatherless girls. Yes, they're my daughters, but girls who grew up without a dad from really young ages. And every one of them share and testify that God was faithful and they felt his presence and they felt joy on their wedding day. So if you have a story, like these, maybe you were that fatherless girl and you also experienced God walk you down the aisle of life and he gave you a way to handle the wedding aisle on your wedding day, message me. We'd love to have your story too because it encourages those who are coming behind us. And thank you for joining us for this fun discussion about weddings and conversations on how God walked my girls down the aisle. I hope you'll share this with friends. Please share this with friends. I feel that it would be encouraging to moms who have girls and even fatherless girls share it. And there's a point in this podcast that I think could encourage 
friends who maybe don't know how they can help. Not that you're going to sign them up to walk your daughter down the aisle, but releasing your daughter into the care of God and then watching him work through people, men and women that he'll bring into their lives. It's a beautiful thing. Please take time to give us a review and a rating, and I hope you'll join us next week. Until then, the Lord bless you as you're raising those fatherless boys and fatherless girls.